Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Father's Day, worshipping our Heavenly Father doesn't get better than that, does it? So great to have you here today. Welcome to all those visiting. and um, Father's Day, all those biological fathers and uh, otherwise, today we, we give you a a shout out, you know, I was thinking about it this morning and as a dad, you know, you just love your kids. You just have this love for your kids. And in this age we live in, there's a lot of blended families and, and you know, I thought about that. I thought, man, you know, these guys take on someone else's kids and, and you know, that's another level, isn't it? You know, so if you're in that situation, man, I tell you what, you're a hero in, in, in my book to be able to navigate that and steer that in a way that brings life and life to the full. Amen? So it's a, it's a, it's a great day. And uh, for all those, uh, you know, fathers, biological or otherwise, you know, the influence you have on people's lives, you know, makes them who they are. And that's so important. But today I want to focus on our, on our Heavenly Father because it amazes me that a God who created heaven and earth desires to relate to us as his children, that we would relate to him as our heavenly father. And you look at other religions all over the the centuries and, you know, there's this deity somewhere, somehow made of stone or something that people would, you know, worship and they would be and demanded to sacrifice and all those things to bow down to. Yet our God wants to be a family with him being the father. I think that's pretty cool. In Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read verse 14 to 17. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again, rather. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. It's actually interesting. The, the feminist movement tried to um, get that rewritten as Abba, Mamma Mia. That's my dad joke for the day. <laughs> Did you believe me? Seriously. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. It's a perfect example, that passage of Scripture, what I'm talking about. Not a God that we are enslaved to or bound to by fear. But a father that wants to have relationship with his children and all are welcome. I love that because all are welcome. All are welcome. doesn't matter where you come from. You're welcome. And, and I think this is overlooked quite often that, you know, we understand in the natural that our children reflect upon our parents good or bad. They reflect upon the parents. 
And it's the same thing with God because so much is done in the name of God that the world has judged God for, but in reality, God had nothing to do with it. But because it's done in his name, he sort of gets the bad press. And you could be sitting here today, you know, angry at God for something that man did in his name. That's quite possible. We can't blame God for the the bad choices that, that man makes. Because I can tell you today, he's a good father. He's a good father, and you can put your trust in him. And the greatest desire of his heart, our heavenly father, is that you would choose to become one of his children. This passage of scripture gives us a glimpse at what that looks like. Let's have a look at that. There's three things I, I got out of that passage of scripture I want to share with you. The first one is that In verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Being led by the Spirit. The beginning of chapter 8, Paul is teaching about living a life through the Spirit. You see, before that, they lived according to the law. It was black and white. You know, that's what the law said. You just did the law. Didn't matter the condition of your heart didn't matter what sort of a person you really were. No, if you obeyed the law, that, that, that was all that was required. And if I look back, it's the reason I didn't want to have anything to do with religion. Because I saw what people professed to be and yet I knew in reality that's not who they were. And I couldn't find Jesus in any of that. That hypocrisy. But then I had this encounter with the Spirit of God. On my lounge room floor one one day, and I I asked God to be my Heavenly Father, and, and from that moment there was this connection with the Spirit of God that turned my life around, that opened me up. I saw things that I never saw before. Something came alive within me. There was this knowing. There was this connection. There was this feeling that I'd never felt before. And I was no longer having to obey the law. Because now I wanted to. There's a huge difference in that. I wanted to. Verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And it's no longer this striving, trying to be the best person you can be, living up to all the laws, trying to keep, you know, in God's good books. No, I just wanted to please my father. I had this connection, this relationship, this spiritual connection where I I can't explain it, but I understood it within me and I just wanted to please My heavenly father. Every kid wants to please their dad, don't they? You know, they get a ribbon at a sports carnival or they kick the winning goal at soccer or or something like that. You know, every kid can't wait for dad to get home so he can say, Dad, you know, look at my ribbon or look at what I did. It's that normal desire to please the dad. 
And I think that made religion too complicated for me. It was too complicated. As soon as I found God to be real, I, I just wanted to please my Heavenly Father. As soon as I had this connection with God and I understood, wait a minute, this God stuff's real. This isn't a religion, this is a relationship. As soon as I understood that, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, if, if he's real, then that requires something of me. And I just wanted to please my heavenly father. I know what pleases him. I know what disappoints him. And I try my best to get it right. Not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to. You don't have to teach a child to love their dad. They just do. The second thing I saw at this passage of Scripture is that we are God's children in verse 16. It says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That we are God's children. And when you find God to be real in your life, your own spirit comes alive to this truth. Something within you comes alive to this truth that God is real. Jesus explained it this way. John 3, 5 and 6, he says, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Everyone in this room has been born of water. You know, the day your mother's water broke, you know, that day you were born, you were born of water. The next step is to be born of spirit, to be born of spirit. And then all of a sudden you understand, all of a sudden something clicks and you know what everyone's been trying to tell you, but you just haven't been able to grasp it. So when I became a believer, all, all of my family and my, and my friends couldn't understand. I know when the guy who led me to Jesus, you know, told me about God and shared his faith with me, when he became a believer, he was my best mate. And when he became a believer, I thought, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Why would you become one of them Christians? I couldn't get it. I, like, I couldn't get it. I thought, this guy, he's gone nuts. Why would you throw your life away and become one of them Christians? But then, as I said, when all of a sudden I found God to be real and something happened in my spirit, I got it. I understood it. And you might be sitting here today, a family member might have invited you along and you're thinking, I don't know why they, why they you know, became a religious person or why they became one of those or what. That's okay. How could you know? How could you understand? It's something that you can't understand until you allow it to happen to you. And as soon as you do, I promise you, you'll get it. You'll get it. And the most common phrase people use is this. Why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah. 
Why didn't I do that years ago? I've heard so many people say that. I said that. I thought, man, I went through all of that. Hell of an existence. And I could have had this other amazing life that I didn't even know. That's why the church is so important. You know, I was able, I think it was the next week or so, honey, hey, we woke up Sunday morning and, and, and we thought, we better find a church. I think we're Christians now. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure. It was just that this was just in our lounge room, like nothing official. No certificate, no nothing. But there was something inside that, well, we, we better go to church. And, and we went to church and, and were able to get around people who understood what we were feeling. We didn't even really get it, but, but there were other people that understood and got it and it was a great place to be. Became my second family. The church became my second family. No two ways about it. My heavenly father <coughs> and my brothers and sisters. And verse 15 says... <coughs> The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And this is God's plan to unite every single person on the planet into one family. Imagine that. Imagine that where your nationality or your race takes second place to being a child of God. I can tell you, it doesn't matter where I go in the world, if I find a born-again believer, someone whose life has been connected with the Spirit of God, they're my brother or sister. There's There's already a connection. You know what? There's already a level of trust. You don't even know that person. But there's something that connects us as God's children. I'm not talking about religion, folks. I'm talking about the family of God. And the third one today, this one will make you think. Verse 17, it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. It's fantastic so far if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may share in his glory. This puts some reality to it. That we share in his sufferings. Now, one of the things I hear people say is, if God is such a good God, why does he allow suffering in the world? Have you heard that? And on the surface, you're thinking, well, it's a pretty reasonable question to ask. For a person who doesn't know, a person who doesn't understand who the Father is, that's that's a reasonable question. But in the context of being a good father, a good father, he knows it only makes us stronger. None of us like suffering. None of us like that. But you know what? We can't get strong without it. 
and God wants us strong. Suffering in itself is only an opportunity for us to learn to overcome and have victory. You can't live a victorious life without having some battles. You can't be an overcoming without having some obstacles to overcome. Is that fair? The good news is this, you won't do it alone. See, a good father knows that. A good father's not going to make your life in cotton wool and make sure that everything goes good for you. Why? Because you, you grow weak. You become weak. You heard the saying, haven't you? No pain, no gain. Every good father knows that. He knows that. Now, he's not going to put you through stuff that's going to destroy you, obviously. He loves you too much for that. He won't push you beyond what you can bear. But quite often we'll stand back and let you overcome the struggle because it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. That's a good dad. See, we weaken a generation when, when our goal is mediocrity. Listen to me. We weaken a generation when our goal is mediocrity, where nobody wins, where everybody gets a prize. Everyone wins. Everyone's the winner. You weaken a generation. I guarantee you, when you look at sport these days, I mean, I'm beyond that. I'm a generation past taking the kids to sport now, but where they play a whole game and nobody wins. Everyone gets a ribbon, everyone. Now, in my head, I'm like, why'd you do it for? Everybody wins. I tell you right now, it was never a father that came up with that idea. Just saying. Just saying. Why? Because there's value in losing. There's value in losing. You learn so much by losing. You learn what you did wrong and you get better and better. You learn, you know, uh, the mistakes that you made. You learn how to um, lose with honour. You never, you never learn any of that winning. You learn how to, to you know, to, to man up and to, and to get some tenacity about you and to, and to next time we're going to win. Next time we'll get the prize. Next time we'll overcome. We're not giving up. You never learn that if you win everything. Because here's the kicker. Life's not going to let you win. Life's not going to let you win. You're going to struggle. But our Heavenly Father says, I'll be with you. You'll struggle. You'll suffer a bit, sure, but you will overcome. You might lose a few battles, but you win the war. And you'll be stronger for it. That's a good father. That's a good father. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. 
I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You see, we hear about tragic stories of, of people that go through so many, you know, times of suffering. And I feel for them. I mean, I tell you, I'm, I get that. I, I, you know, that's tough. And if this was the only life that we lived, that would be just wrong. But this isn't the only life. There's another life to come. There's an eternal life that our Heavenly Father is preparing us for. And there's no shortcuts. And there's no free lunches. And we will suffer in this life to reign in glory in His in the next. Don't forget eternity, folks. Don't forget eternity. We hardly think about that. But all of this, 30, uh, what is it, three decades and 10, whatever, whatever you live on the scale of life is to prepare you for the next, which is eternal. You say, I don't believe you, Pastor. I don't believe in eternity. Well, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Amen? It's a good father. Yeah, you're going to go through some stuff. But he's right with you. And man, you're going to be stronger at the end of it. You're going to be a force to reckon with at the end of it. This thing is not going to beat you. You're going to eat it. You're going to rise above it. Why? Because that's his plan for your life. Amen? What did Jesus say? That he'd come, that we would have life. Not just life. Everyone has life, but life to the full. And that doesn't come without a struggle or two. But when you stand on that podium and you win that prize of an overcomer, it's worth everything. It's worth every bit of suffering that we go through. So when he is your heavenly father, there is nothing that you'll face that will defeat you. Even death brings eternal life. Amen? So it's good to celebrate today. It's good to celebrate our heavenly father. It's good to get an understanding of what it is to be alive in the spirit, not just alive in the flesh. And if you've never made that decision today, I'd ask you to consider it. You were probably just like me many years ago. Didn't understand it, didn't want to know. The religion I saw actually turned me off. But God broke through all that. And he'll do that for you. And when, when you understand it, when you get a hold of God is your heavenly father. I'm telling you, you will not look back. You'll have the life you've always dreamed it would be. Because he'll walk with you through it every step. And he never fails, even when we do. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Father, right now, as we honour you as our heavenly father, Lord, as there's people sitting here today that maybe don't know you as that, they've never connected with you as a heavenly father. Father, I pray today that 
the simplest little quietest prayer that they pray, I know you will respond. Lord, they might be sitting here today and they might say, okay, God, show me. That's enough. Because I know you will. I know you will. I know you'll touch their life. I know there'll be that connection to the Spirit of God that will cause them to come alive on the inside. I know it because you did it for me. And I'm nobody. So, Father, for each one I pray. Be the Heavenly Father today in relationship. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, folks. See you tonight at 5 p.m.